Now hear this. Now hear this. Lost transmissions, vox recording, inloading, decoding. Transmission follows. Welcome back to another episode of Lost Transmissions, a battlefully gothic podcast set in the Age of Darkness. Uh, this is the beginning of the real season two. Huzzah! You thought the other Hooray! episodes were. But it's this one. We've been gone for a while, yes, but mm-hmm. it's because we have been hard at work making other people do work. It's true. As always, I am your host, Stephen. I'm here with um, our resident Archmagos explorator, Austin. Hi. Boy, what a time it's been. <laughs> what a time. Yes. If you're unaware, here on Terra, uh, NurgleCon is still in full swing. It hasn't stopped. There's still a pandemic going on. Can't stop. Apparently won't stop. Yeah, well, it could have, but... Well... Uh, the dark, well, the dark we'll gods not discuss favor. them. Well, moving, moving along to happier times, yes. uh, the mandatory work from homes and don't go outs and losing your minds did provide you, the listener, with some glimmer of, you know, silver lining, uh, which is that we worked on book two a lot. Yeah. Enough to finish it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not only did we work on book two, we worked on remastering the entirety of book one, mostly thanks to uh, Archmagos Jesse's black voodoo magic. Yes, for sure. When we say we worked on book one, uh, we actually did very little actual work. Because um, there's not a whole lot that's changed in book one. Uh, some points got tweaked here and there. Uh, we added the Ramilies, because why didn't we already have the Ramilies? And that's it. But Jesse, bless his cog-shaped soul, did so many good things to that book. Mm-hmm. Yes, so if you're unaware, um, if you go to rr30k.com um, slash Battlefleet Heresy, you will see the remastered uh, Battlefleet Heresy book one. Um, it has been reformatted uh, to be a little more, well, a lot more easily readable. Uh, Hugely. Easily, easily navigable is the important part. Um, among the general reshaping and reorganizi- reorganizing of the rules and stuff, um, Jesse added a neat little feature where if you have the PDF, you can click on the table of contents and it will take you directly to the relevant part of the book. Which is super professional, Yay. and uh, neither of us know yeah. how he did it. Yeah, I don't because know. That's it's like a legit thing. Yeah, we we don't ask the machine guys. Just the secrets. idea, guys. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for the uh, fleet list. If you look and you'll see like battleships, battle barge, desolator, retribution, etc. You can click on any of those names, and it will automatically take you to the page of the class in question. So, lots of cool stuff there. But really, that's not the coolest part, although it is pretty great. No, the coolest is book two. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is what Austin and I are going to be going through today and every week until we basically run dry of content. And then, well, dear listeners, this uh, little void-based miniseries will likely come to an end. But that's okay. We'll have fun. 
Yeah. Until then. And we'll pop back in. Who knows? There's always new ships to find, new missions to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll even play a campaign and give you guys updates if that's something yeah. anybody actually would care about. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me that any of you are listening to us at all. So It is astonishing. Know. Yes. But here we are. And we love to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it. Uh, book two of Battlefield Heresy features Fleets of the Omnissiah, which are our um, modified Mechanicum rules. Mm -hmm. uh, they're basically the Fleets of Mars, just remade for the 30th millennium. Yep, uh, and tweaked a little bit more than normal, but we'll get into that. Yes, yes. In a little bit here. Mm -hmm. uh, the Xenos Threat, which is a short little section um, detailing how best to do Orcs and Eldar as you... Uh, include them in your campaigns if you include them in your campaigns at all you know nominally battlefleet heresy is about the heresy but you could play it as great crusade there's nothing stopping you and indeed that's really what <clears throat> i guess book two is about like it's got a bunch of mech stuff but uh, and we've been toiling as you've noticed if if you've downloaded like our beta test for the mechanicum fleet um we've been messing about with those for feels like forever now um, but this book really was about the Great Crusade. Mm -hmm. uh, to that point, there are two completely brand new. Um, we normally we try and avoid creating things out of whole cloth, um, but this time we thought we had enough of a handle on things that we would uh, give to you the contents of our brains. Uh, book two also includes the Enemies of the Imperium fleet list, which is made to be played in a Great Crusade campaign, and we'll get to more of that later. Uh, and the Horrors of Old Night, uh, which are like enemies of the Imperium, but on steroids. Yeah, if ever you've wanted to play Battlefleet Gothic on hard mode, and uh, none of your friends have Tau or Necrons, boy, is this the way to get that done. As both Steven and I can attest from the playtesting. Uh, but yeah, this, this essentially came into being because somebody, like, literally Day one of our, our Battlefleet Heresy, like that first release, uh, what, two years ago now? Huh, Has it, it feels been that like long? So long? Yeah. Um, somebody was like, hey, I really like these rules. You're super cool. Uh, are there any rules or plans for writing rules for playing non-compliant or like Xenos fleets in uh, Battlefleet Heresy? And my initial reaction was, fuck, bro. Like, <laughs> look at it. We, we just did so much work. Why can't you just be happy? And like Eldar, orcs, they exist in Battlefleet Gothic. Like you don't really need to do a whole lot to like make them like, you know, heresy era. And then I swear to God, like 20 minutes later, I was like, you know what? It would be real fucking cool to have some non-compliant humans or like Kayla Kid or, you know, all those random Xeno civilizations that just got ground into powder. Yep. Next uh, thing you know, here we are. Yeah. And so like two years later, here we is. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Yeah. So if you want these books, uh, again, they are on uh, rr30k.com slash Battlefleet Heresy. Go there, read them, download them, and then yell at us because we made a spelling mistake or didn't include a core rule from a game made and discontinued 12 years ago. Uh, yeah, we... We'd really like to hear about it because, again, mm -hmm. the spelling mistakes look us, make us look less professional. So, like, you guys yeah. editing really helps out. 
Yeah, plus um, we don't have to pay you. Right? Like, you guys are free. We have to give Jesse <laughs> beer. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we'll, uh, we'll get down into it. Uh, we're going to start right off with page number one, uh, starting with the Mechanicum, the Basilicon Astra. Uh, the Basilicon Astra is the void-faring arm of the uh, Mechanicum. And there's not a lot of lore about them. Um, to be fair, I don't even know where we got the name. Jason pulled it out of some book somewhere <laughs> long ago. Uh, the name, that's what the name has existed, but yeah, the Basilicon Astra, um, it's actually in a couple of the, the black books it gets mentioned. Oh, good, good. Yeah, uh, unlike, I mean, well, like much of the Mechanicum, uh, the Basilic- Basilicon Astra is a... Uh, a feudally adherent organization. Uh, they more or less either exist at the behest of a uh, patron Magos and their forge, or forge world in the case of the highest ranking ones, or they themselves are uh, a Magos who really doesn't have to answer to anybody except Mars. And even that's, you know, kind yeah, of at maybe. gunpoint sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have their fleets. Uh, they are nominally the people in charge of mechanicum's explorator fleets which are like the uh, expeditionary fleets but not quite because whereas the expeditionary fleet is mostly concerned with finding new worlds and uh colonizing them or finding uh, old human worlds and making connections with them again uh you probably can figure it out that the basilicon astra and their Mechanicum Masters are mostly concerned with that sweet, sweet Archaeotech. Yep, yep. They they don't really care, generally speaking. You know, there's exceptions to everything. Uh, but they don't really care about taking and holding ground, you know, making it a part of the Mechanicum or the Imperium. They're going to go and, uh, you know, sometimes they'll set up shop, sometimes for a long time, right, studying Archaeotech ruins or whatever. Uh, other times they say, hey, that one system Xeno civilization, they've got a weird thing. Uh, let's burn them to the ground in six weeks. Just rip that entire <laughs> specialist building out of whole, out of the ground and uh, go about our day. Yep. Uh, they are also the ones that are nominally in charge of making contact with Forge Worlds, uh, rediscovered Forge Worlds. That's pretty much the only time that they're... 100% interested in planting the flag and staying there forever uh, is when they find new Forge Worlds. And to that end, the expeditionary fleets are actually kind of uh, split. I mean, there is the fleet, right? The expeditionary fleet, the 192nd, um, the 3rd, the 15th, whatever. Um, but within most, if not all, expeditionary fleets are Mechanicum smaller Mechanicum Explorator fleets that just kind of sail under the same banner. Uh, And they're the ones that are uh, the experts and given priority when it comes to finding Forge Worlds uh, or especially neat technology. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of background. uh, Presumably that would be be in charge of the huge kind of support vessels that follow around after expeditionary fleets, you know, the the big ass super transport that's making all those bolter rounds for a crusade expedition while they go on and you know, stuff like yeah, that. The, uh, the forge ships mm-hmm. or, or factory ships that just kind of float around 
and pump out tanks and power armor and MREs. Well, let's not think about what the MREs are made of. But that's corpse starch for everyone. Yay! So, like I said, the Mechanicum special rules here, or the uh, harbingers of the Omnissiah, Basilicon Astra, as we call them, uh, are largely adapted from the original uh, Fleets of Mars publication, uh, which was the original rules for playing the Adeptus Mechanicus mm-hmm. uh, in Battlefleet Gothic. And being an Imperial organization, uh, the Adeptus Mechanicus was largely uh, defined by having prow 20 centimeter speed vessels the adeptus mechanicus fleet uh, was largely being an imperial organization defined by uh, the imperial navy fleet list they had all the same ships uh, with a few exceptions uh, that the imperial navy had with the same rules but being fancy and martian and having all of the best toys uh, their ships were more expensive and super cool. Um, yeah, the the big one, which we actually didn't include um, in the 30K version, was that every single cruiser had a dorsal lance. Yep, a 60 centimeter dorsal lance. Just because, f- fuck it, I guess. Um, unfortunately, when we were doing all of the research for this list, we found out that that was something that didn't get into effect until M, like 36, 38. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bit of a bummer for those of us that really liked five Lance Gothics, but we can't win everything (laughs) folks. Yeah. Um, but everybody does get gifts of the Omnissiah, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So among the things that, um, mechan that Adeptus Mechanicus fleets, it was, was super cool. They had the, they had the dorsal Lance, uh, individual ships could just, by specialist torpedoes, uh, battery craft cruisers, battery cruisers could upgrade 30 centimeter guns to 45 centimeter guns. Um, each individual Mechanicus ship was a powerhouse, uh, but they were more expensive as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to see some of this as we go because we've kept much of this, um, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get right into it here. Uh, the first Mechanicum special rule is called the Skeleton Crew. Uh, while Mechanicum, ves- Mechanicum vessels do have contingents of Skitari armsmen, most of their crew is made up of tech priests with little combat experience and servitor drones hardwired to their posts. So while, you know, an Imperial Navy ship or uh, an Expeditionary Fleet ship, you know, has a population of tens of thousands, uh, a Mechanicum ship has... There might be a couple hundred, like, living crew members, like, really living crew members. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is robots. Yeah, and this is a downside uh, in boarding scenarios because, as is beautifully depicted uh, in Execution Hour especially, um, when an Imperial Navy ship boards somebody or gets boarded, they just kind of go down to the gun decks grab a whole like oh here's those three thousand guys give every one of those dudes an auto pistol or like a boarding pike or just have them pick up a big wrench and like go at them uh imperial mechanicus ships can't really do that which is why they have a little bit of a downside to being boarded yep 
uh, in case in point, boarding actions as well as hit-and-run attacks made against Basilicon Astra vessels, and I'm going to say Basilicon Astra and Mechanicum, they mean the same thing, uh, may reroll the dice if desired, although the second result stands, even if it is less desirable. Uh, so, you know, you dump Dreadclaws or Thunderhawks on a Mechanicum cruiser, and you can reroll any of those results that you don't like. Maybe you really, really need it to not be shooting at you, but all you got was, like, I don't know, fire, right? Yeah. Not that fire. This might be a bit or of a bad example because fire, fire four is... times in a row. Uh, or, you know, you fight that boarding action. As, as has happened to Steven and I, and I'm sure you, if you've played a lot of Battlefleet Gothic, you get into a boarding action, and, man, you've got them so beat, and then... You roll a they, one. The only thing that'll happen that you'll lose is if you roll a one and they roll a six, and sure as shit, that's exactly what happens. Yep. Yep. So if you're playing World Eaters and you're up against Mechanicum, board them harder. Just, <laughs> Just board them harder. Yeah. <laughs> that's your elite tactical advice from yep. us today. Mm-hmm. Board harder. Uh, the second point of that is that Basilicon Astra vessels, including battleships, do not make use of boarding craft or boarding torpedoes unless otherwise stated because there's just not enough people to put in there to go board another ship and punch punch the other guy you just don't have sure you've got skitari but like they're important you need them you need them there on your bridge yeah and again that's sort of a, a reflection of how they have probably one for one better assault troops uh than the equivalent imperial navy vessel because like they got some nasty robots um but they only have but so many and they're just not going to fling out oh yeah let's let's pack 300 thalax into boarding torpedoes and fire them off because then all their thalax are gone you know they're not doing it mm -hmm. uh the second rule is called jealous wardens Every attempt will be made to recover a Mechanicum vessel that is lost. However, they will not allow their precious secrets to fall into enemy hands. Basilicon Astra vessels may make a leadership test to fire upon their own vessels that have been reduced to either a Drifting Hulk or a Flaming Hulk to deny them to the enemy. Yeah, and I will admit, uh, this is occasionally a rule that people forget, right? That you can't shoot your own ships when they're Drifting Hulks. Um, because there's tens of thousands of your own men still aboard them, probably. Uh, and they're useful even if they're not important. Uh, the Mechanicum doesn't really work the math the same way, because, again, there's maybe a couple of hundred people on a Mechanicum ship that actually matter. If it's reduced to a Hulk, like half of them are dead, and killing 50 of your own men just doesn't matter if you can save that machine spirit from the degradation of being captured by some filthy heretic. Mm -hmm. Or you can use them as bombs. <laughs> Yeah, you can you use know. them. You can always fish for that warp core implosion. And I traditionally do. Yep. Yep. It, yeah. it hurts. Um, more and important then, than that, though, is the fact that uh, if the enemy isn't holding, or if the enemy is holding the battlefield and there's no hulks, they don't get any extra points. Yep. It's fewer victory points, it's fewer camp, uh, repair points in campaign, fewer renown whole host of things for not capturing hulks. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes it makes a lot of strategic sense to just burn your own stuff uh, before running away. Yep. Yep. And then the last and undoubtedly coolest rule of the Mechanicum as a whole is the gifts of the Omnissiah. Mm -hmm. uh, Mechanicum vessels. Super cool. Yeah. 
Mechanicum vessels are the very apex of man's technological prowess, and they have access to technology and resources unavailable to the vast majority of the Imperium. Uh, all Mechanicum vessels roll a D6 in the below table. Uh, the improvements are already included in the cost, and you can re-roll any result that's not applicable to the vessel. Uh, so it's a lovely D6 chart with six fun things. Uh, the first one, emergency energy reserves. When crippled, the ship only reduces its turrets, shielding, and weapons by 25% instead of 50. Um, it still counts as crippled in all other respects, but you've got more firepower to lash out, uh, sort of like uh, the salamanders do, which is a ton, a ton of fun. Uh, there's advanced engines. All ships gain 5 centimeter movement and an additional D6 when under all ahead full orders. Everybody's a slaughter. Yeah. And the slaughter. Yeah, and the slaughter is a Nova. It's fine. We're all fine here. Um, there's repulsor shielding, which is one of my favorites. Uh, ignore all negative effects from blast markers or glass ca- gas clouds being in contact with a ship's base as it applies to leadership, movement, or repairing critical damage. Uh, this goes away if the ship suffers a shield collapse critical hit um, because there's, you know, there's a ton of time. You fail leadership by one, got blast markers in contact, or your ship that should be going 20 centimeters is suddenly going 10 because of blast markers and gas clouds. Just a ton of problems that can happen. Uh, that repulsor shielding takes care of. And then fleet defense turrets, which is up to two turrets are exchanged for fleet defense turrets capable of protecting itself or another friendly ship within 15 centimeter each ordnance phase. This adds plus two to the turret value of the ship it it is defending. Uh, It doesn't work to alter bomber attack rolls when used to defend against another vessel. Uh, These otherwise work as normal turrets in all respects. So basically... Uh, if you have one of these guys sitting kind of behind the rest of your fleet, but within 15 centimeters of a ship that gets attacked by attack craft, uh, you can have it fire its turrets in defense of that other ship. Uh, it doesn't matter as far as like reducing the number of attacks the bombers get when they're rolling that D6 and subtracting turrets. Um, but it's an extra two dice to shoot down those bombers before they get a chance to drop their nukes, uh, which is just fantastic. Especially if you manage to get a couple of these, because uh, suddenly, you know, if you have a group of three cruisers and they all have it, my one bomber wave is going to deal, have to deal with six turrets before it gets any shots off, which is atrocious. Mm-hmm. It bears noting um, that the gifts of the Omnissiah uh, do not apply to escorts. Yes. These are uh, cruisers only. <laughs> yes. These are for the big boys. God, that would be horrific. If the <laughs> just so got. many fleet defense turrets. Just, no! Uh, no, they don't get it. It's only for the big kids. Uh, next is gyro-stabilizing matrix. Uh, the ship reduces its weapons to 75% instead of 50% when under all ahead full come to new heading or burn retro special orders. This is great for when you need to pull off something to you know get in arc, get out of arc, like launch a surprise attack. Because uh, as Steven is fond of regaling you guys, uh, when Sonadol goes all ahead full and just gets right in the middle of his fleet and pounces from like 10 centimeters out, it would just be so I much nasty, nastier if it was firing with 75% of its guns instead of half of them. Now, bear in mind as well, uh, the Mechanicum does have access to an Oberon-class battleship, so that's a real thing. Yep. That can happen. It can be yours. It's great. Um, and then the last thing, 
augmented weapons relays, uh, which is my personal favorite for the Gothic-class cruiser. Uh, weapon batteries shift left on the gunnery table before all their modifiers are applied, so they get a good shift before anything else happens, which is great, but lance hits count as double if you roll a six to hit. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Actually, the in, in the old list, because I, I played Mechanicum uh, in just a normal 40K campaign, and my flagship had this, and it was a Gothic-class cruiser with five lances, and one glorious day... I got 10 hits off Lord. of five dice and just reduced an enemy murder class cruiser <laughs> to its component atoms from completely fine. And it was glorious. And yeah, now that glory, <laughs> that glory can be yours. Uh, although you'll never kill that cruiser outright because, you know, you can only do eight hits instead of six because you don't, or 10 because you don't have the fancy dorsal turret. But uh, life is hard during the heresy, right? Yeah, you know. Uh, that being said, uh, you should, as always, um, practice a little bit of self-limitation. Yeah. Um, Do so when you're playing Mechanicum. This is not the only cool thing that Mechanicum can do. Um, and sure, it is, you know, kind of up to the vagaries of fate as to what kind of uh, gift you'll get. But we'll get into the fact later that some there are some things that allow you to choose. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets ugly. Um, there are some gifts of the Omnissiah, or rather, more like, the original rules calls them the gifts of Mars. Uh, and they're not written down under special rules. In our publication, they're actually folded directly into the ship compendium. Uh, you'll see individual options for uh, things that you can do listed with each ship. Uh, but they are that even though uh, you can't get the dorsal lance on cruisers, Mechanicum light cruisers uh, can still replace their torpedoes. Uh, well, Endeavor and Endurance light cruisers can replace their prow torpedoes with a single 30 centimeter range dorsal lance. Um, everybody gets plus one turret. So mm-hmm. uh, making those. Uh, fleet defense turrets even a little scarier so regular cruisers are rocking three most carriers are rocking four um i think the emperor has six yeah it's real rude yeah lots of turrets mm-hmm. lots of turrets um a mechanicus uh any mechanicus cruisers uh not light cruisers with six up armor can replace their prow torpedoes with nova cannons for 20 points even if this option is not normally available uh, like the Gothic cruiser doesn't have a Nova Cannon by default, but if you're playing Mechanicum, you can buy one. Uh, and then as stated earlier, uh, any Mechanicus cruiser that would normally be equipped with 30 centimeter weapons batteries can incorporate plasma-boosted batteries that increase their range to 45 centimeters for 10 points. Um, and all Mechanicus capital ships that utilize torpedoes can be equipped with refitted torpedoes as described on page 156 of Armada or in the um, Panoply of War section of book one or the armories of mars section of book two or the armories of moravec we'll get into that later yeah we'll talk about it yeah don't worry about it Uh, mechanicus cruisers can take any combination or uh all or none of these improvements as desired so gift of the omnissiah is the gift that keeps on giving and then mars is the source of all gifts 
Mm-hmm. Mostly it's guns. It's almost all guns. <laughs> it's almost always guns. It's true. Um, yeah, these are real fun. Um, but I will say, and it, it was true of the the regular Battlefleet Gotham version as well. Um, they're kind of like enforcers in Necromunda. You can build them to have a real fun time. And you can build them to just have a real fun time for yourself. In which case, you'll be playing Battlefleet Heresy alone. And that's no fun. Um, so yeah, maybe don't put a Nova cannon on literally every ship you have, Yep. but, uh, we can't stop you. And if anybody does that to you, dear listeners, I know some dirty tricks to fix that problem. So don't you worry. Wink. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, the bas- fleets of the Basilicon Astra and fleet command, uh, are not captained by legates of the Imperial Army, rogue traders, militants, or commanders of the Legion. They are commanded by the senior magi, magi of their order, who are a law unto themselves. Um, Mechanicum fleet leadership falls between uh, puny humans and glorious space marines. Uh, their lowest value is 7, their highest value is 9. Uh, and to determine leadership of any one ship, you roll a d6 on the table if you get a 1, your leadership is seven. If you go two to three, your leadership is eight. If you uh, go four to five or six, you have a leadership nine. So your worst guy is still better than the worst human, but your best guy is still worse than the best space marine. Yeah, it's it's kind of a trade-off because there aren't really... The, the Mechanicum as a whole, like, they have a lot of combat stuff and, like, as people who play 30k and battlefleet heresy and all that we see that side of them the most um but really they're not a military organization (laughs) they're a regular organization that likes blowing stuff up an awful lot uh which is kind of reflected here like even even the basic robot indiana jones (laughs) yeah right so even a guy who has no no theory at all of void warfare um still probably has a supercomputer of some sort in his brain. Uh, so he's going to be a little bit better at split-second decisions and calculating angles and all that than, you know, the human uh, Imperial Army Admiral that was promoted because his daddy is second cousin to the Viscount of, you know, Sims World. Yeah. But because they're not, you know, a full-time, all-the-time... military organization, they're not going to be getting that sweet, sweet leadership 10. However, uh, if you roll a natural six when generating leadership, not only does that make your boy a leadership nine, but uh, that ship gets to select its refit from the gifts of the Omnissiah or Madness of the New Mechanicum, dun, 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 uh, rather than rolling for it randomly, which is a lot of fun. And I know people are tempted. You just see those augmented weapons relays and say, bam, I need better guns. You don't. <laughs> not always, um, anyway. Not always. I mean, again, for a Mars, like, I, I always like the better gun because it, it makes it really punchy uh, and you can do some horrific things with that. But there's a lot to be said for something that's maneuverable and still putting out a ton of fire or that can take a pounding and still dish it out as almost as hard as it could to begin with or something like, you know, 
a slaughter that goes 35 centimeters and 66 under all ahead full. Like there, there's plenty of love to ha- be had for all of these gifts of the Omnissiah. Mm-hmm. So don't just jump at the guns. Like that's, that sounds fun, but this is a game that's one to maneuver, not really in shooting. Yep. If you maneuver well enough, your shooting doesn't matter as much. Huzzah. Um, but this doesn't, uh, this can't be done for a ship that embarks an Archmagos Navis, which is your, your admiral equivalent. Your big fancy guy. Yeah, big fancy admiral. Yep. Um, you may include up to one Archmagos in your fleet, whereas Space Marines have uh, one option and uh, puny humans have three uh, leadership options. Uh, Mechanicum, once again, fall right between them and have two. They have the uh, Archmagos Explorator. Oh, and any fleet over a thousand points has to have one of these. So an Archmagos Explorator, he's leadership eight, he's five points. He's just your dude. He's your uh, tech-loving uh, Aaron, errant baron. Like, he's out there. Maybe somebody told him to go out there. Maybe he bought, like, an old beat-up Dodge Dakota and took it into space and was like, I'm going to go find a new microwave. <laughs> That's this guy. Um, and then above him is his way more important cousin, the Archmagos Navis. Uh, the ship probably belongs to him personally. Yeah, he uh, probably built it. Or had he his probably build it. He probably owns all of its escorts as well. Every single person, living, dead, or otherwise, on that ship, uh, he probably owns them too, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. He's a hundred points, and he's leadership nine. Um, any an Archmagus may select up to any one desired refit from the gifts of the uh, Omnissiah or Madness of the New Mechanicum table for their own ship as part of their points cost. So this is in addition to and before the refit that that ship rolls for normally. Uh, So these guys get two. Whatever their fancy ship is, they get the one that's just built into the cost because it's a Mechanicum ship, right? It came directly from Mars. It has a fancy maker's mark on it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is important to note you pick it before you roll randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very important because some of these things pair real well together. Um, and, and I, end, end of sentence, right? Like some yeah. of these pair real well together um, and it kind of just makes you pick what do you want most uh, followed by then what you can get. And remember, it uh, doesn't matter if you've rolled a six for that ship and then decide to put your Admiral on it. You're only picking once, mm-hmm. whatever that upgrade will be. Yes. Because picking and two of them would be real rude. Barring a, a certain excruciation of the machine, uh, a ship will never have more than two refits from the gifts of the Omnissiah table, uh, being the Archimagos' uh, refit and then the one that's built in to the ship itself. Yeah, you can only get but so much fancy equipment on a ship. Yep, and if you get more, well... There might be consequences, but we'll get to that. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, they have command. They always come with the command reroll, just like every other admiral in the game. Um, but you can get one reroll for 50 points or two rerolls for 125 points, which is pricey and is not a typo. Life yes. is hard when you're Life trying to do math in your head uh, while fighting a war, even if you have a supercomputer in it. Yep, yep. And really, uh, it's way more expensive for Mechanicum just because their ships are better. You can't... Their ships are better than yours. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah, like, do you, 
I'm sorry, you have to pay more points to ensure that your augmented weapons relays get to re-roll their misses. Oh, no. (laughs) My heart bleeds for you. It'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, um, But it's not all sunshine and daisies for the Mechanicum, even though they get cool guns and cool engines and cool servitors with like golden arms and shit and cool ships because uh, and cool the ships model looks cool. with all of those things inside of it yeah we'll talk about mechanicum ships later like the physical models um there is also the quest for knowledge as we said mechanicum explorator fleets are not particularly concerned with bringing some podunk agri-world into compliance unless that podunk agri-world has a super cool tractor you know, right. like a John for, Deere that shoots confetti or something. <laughs> STC for the John 1996 John Deere. Yeah. Then they'll uh, burn worlds down for it. But generally yes. they don't care. Yeah. Uh, so that is represented by the quest for knowledge. Quick to incorporate recently discovered technology before it's approved for widespread use. The Mechanicum's vessels are host to a wide variety of powerful, if unpredictable, systems. Mechanicum ships always add... 1d6 to all repair rolls when attempting to fix critical damage. So that's nice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cruisers right off the bat are rolling 9. Most battleships are rolling 13 before anything really bad happens to them. And this kind of offsets the fact that they get uh, turbo dunked on in hit and run and boarding actions. Uh, so, you know, just don't get boarded, please. Yeah, don't get boarded don't do too it. many times. You can get boarded once. You got an extra d6, it'll be fine. Don't get boarded too many times. Yeah, don't do it. So, uh, but in addition to any subplots that may be taken normally as desired, a Mechanicum fleet must roll a d6 against the following table. And I would um, just say, so, it is very important from like a gameplay perspective that they're doing this every time. Uh, because yeah. this is one of the things, yes, their ships are a little more expensive, but generally speaking, point for point, it's very much worth that upgrade. The quest for knowledge table is one of the things that balances that out. Correct. Um, so it it is as follows. Uh, the quest for knowledge, it's a subplot, just like um, the ones we talked about in some of the earlier episodes. Number one is extended duty. You roll a d6 for each Mechanicum vessel. On a one, it suffers d3 damage. On a two, it suffers negative one leadership to lock on and reload. Rolls of a three-up have no effect. You must cripple or destroy more enemy ships than you lose. Uh, If you succeed, it's plus one. If you fail, it's zero. Uh, This is one of the... For the fact that you got uh, busted up before the game even starts, this is the only one that if you fail, you don't lose renown. So this is easy mode. Um, At least as far as the quest for knowledge goes. Because sometimes, you know, you quest for knowledge a little too hard. Yep. And uh, Just want to keep trucking when you should have taken a nap. Yep. Yep. Uh, number two is Xenos Logic. Roll a d6 for each Mechanicum vessel in the fleet. On one, two, or three, they take a critical hit. And I appear to have forgotten to put in what the... Uh, <laughs> what the victory conditions are for that. So that's something we'll have to edit. Hooray. I, you just win the oh. game. Yeah, actually, yeah. If you win yeah, the game, you win the game. That's how renown works, Stephen. It's fine. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is if you've seen Independence Day. You know, your boys upload the virus. The alien ship freaks out. It, it's like that, but backwards. 
They yep. put they put an alien thumb drive into their into their computer terminal. And <laughs> eh, this will be cool. And you know what? Sometimes they downloaded the PDF from the Remembrancers Retreat, and it's book two. And sometimes they got it off of some Russian website, and uh, it's just nothing but uh, midget porn and somebody using your hard drive for Bitcoin mining. Yep. That's 10 gigabytes of forklift safety. <laughs> uh, the third thing is one of the funner ones, uh, just because it's a big, haha, gotcha. Right, you can just make do a dance on the other side of the table. Uh, it's the mimic drive, which you will probably remember from the Alpha Legion. Add a cruiser to your fleet, but keep its identity a secret. This vessel actually has all the characteristics of a transport ship and is worth zero victory points. If the enemy fires on it, the mimic drive is considered to be effective. Uh, plus one renown if you win the uh, the win the fight. Negative one if you lose it. Uh, it's a great mechanical. opportunity to troll your opponent. Yeah, just just be a dick. This is a sneaky asshole sub, uh, subplot. <laughs> yep, just remember, it has the characteristics of a transport ship, so it's only going 15 centimeters. Yep. It doesn't get to pretend to be a slaughter or whatever. Yep, so be careful. Um, and if your enemy does ignore it, then, you know, you were a dummy, nothing happens. And you have to embarrassingly yep, tell your boss that it didn't work. Yep. Uh, number four is Sacred Vessel. Choose one Mechanicum ship in your fleet. This ship cannot be crippled or destroyed. Uh, plus one if you do it, negative one if you don't. Uh, number five is the prize. Nominate one enemy ship. You must cripple or destroy it. If the ship explodes, no renown is gained. Plus one if you do it, negative one if you don't. Um, it bears noting that these uh, subplots are not secret. It's... If you have the Mimic Drive, the Sacred Vessel, the Prize, or Experimental Systems, uh, then your opponent will know which one it is. So, you know, yeah. make sure that if you have a Sacred Vessel, you keep it protected. Because <laughs> your opponent will be gunning for it. Yeah. Uh, number six is Experimental Systems. You pick one cruiser in the fleet. This ship has been fitted with an experimental system that has not yet been tested operationally, and nothing bad has ever happened when that when people do that. So don't don't worry, it'll be fine. It's true. The Omnisile wills it. Yes, uh, these refits are in addition to any other refit that the ship has had. So this is one of the only instances in which you can have uh, three refits on a on a Mechanicum ship. Uh, you roll a d6 on each of the following tables to determine how its performance has been altered. It must not be crippled or destroyed. Uh, and I realize we did fail here. This should be uh -huh. a plus one, minus yeah. one renown. It's plus one if you do it, negative one. If the you servitor don't, re responsible will be shot. Don't you yes. worry. Rendered down into foodstuffs. Um, experimental systems, you have the side effect and you have the improvement. So on a one uh, of side effects, you have weapons battery and lance firepower is reduced by 50%, rounding up. Oof. Number two is the ship loses two hull points. Oof. Number three is the ship loses two turrets. Ouch. Number four is the ship must move an additional five centimeters before it can turn. You big, fat, fatty, fat, fat ship. Aww. Uh, she's it's okay not to fat. She's ships. wide keeled. No, that's a fat <laughs> ship. Uh, number five is the ship loses five centimeters of speed. Aww, you sad little slowpoke. Uh, number six is dorsal and prow lances only hit on rolls of six ouch it's painful 
Yes. But the improvements are real good. Yes. Uh, they they do kind of offset it. Yes. Depending on how you look at things. So the first one is all weapons except ordnance gain an additional 15 centimeter range. Hurrah! Which is 75, 75 centimeter lances. Right? Uh, the ship gains plus one shield. Cannot stress enough how annoying that is. Yep. You thought a strike cruiser with two shields was annoying. Wait till you see a battleship with five. Yeah. Uh, three, all turrets re-roll misses when defending against ordnance. Don't like that. Disrespectful. Mm -hmm. uh, four, a ship can turn an additional 45 degrees. Hey, you, you want to see a light cruiser turn 135 degrees? <laughs> it's disrespectful, I promise. Yeah, why uh, is that? Uh, why is that battleship turning ninety degrees? I don't like it. Um, five. All friendly vessels within fifteen centimeters gain a plus one leadership when the enemy is on special orders, sort of like a fleet command and control vessel, which is real cool. And uh, then six. Dorsal or prow lances ignore shields on a hit roll of six. Oof. Which can just like that doesn't. You know, that sounds great on first first blush, right? Ignoring shields is great. And then when you think about it, you're like, ah, but that's only going to be one or two lances. Like, they're going to do a ton of damage. False. False. In aggregate, that can be real annoying. Because when you're only firing one or two shots at a shielded ship, the other guy isn't going to brace. Mm -hmm. So when you get that six to hit and it goes through shields, you know, that's a chance for critical hit. It's a chance for bulkhead collapse, right? Starting unwelcome fires, shutting down his guns, all sorts. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, you get a good thing. You get a bad thing. The bad things suck. The good things are pretty good. Uh, don't die. Don't be crippled good or destroyed. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And don't be uh, – remember that because that ship can't be crippled or destroyed, do not be tempted to just go whole hog just because your dorsal and prow lances ignore shields on a six or because you have three shields – or because you have, uh, you know, 60 centimeter weapons batteries on a, on a murder. The pride, uh, she goeth before the fall. Yep. Yep. And in space, there's essentially an infinite amount of distance to fall. <laughs> yeah. Your name will become ignominious and remembered, but for all the wrong reasons. It's true. All right. Uh, in addition to all that fun, like... Gifts of the Omnissiah, the fancy experimental systems. Uh, like everybody else, uh, the Mechanicum have a couple of upgrades that have been spread about various publications that we've gone ahead and um, collated here in this book, too. A couple of them we've made ourselves. Uh, the first ones we're going to talk about are specialist torpedoes, like the Imperial Navy, uh, or rather the uh, Great Crusade and the Legion fleets. Uh, Martian ships can buy specialist torpedoes, and they have two that are unique to them. Well, technically, they have six that are unique to them, but we'll get to those later. Um, so like everybody else, they can buy the short burn torpedoes, the barrage bombs, the seeking torpedoes, the guided torpedoes, melted torpedoes, and the vaunted vortex torpedoes. Uh, but they also have two of their own. Uh, cybernetica cortical torpedoes uh, these move at 20 centimeters instead of the usual 30 uh, but because they have uh, monkey brains in them they can 
re-roll unsuccessful hits. Presumably quite a few monkey brains. Uh, yeah, just If execution hour is to be believed, right? Your, your big, your big multi-warhead uh, ICBM comes out with presumably one monkey brain guiding it. And then when those hit and the 80 individual nukes pop out, each of those also have a monkey brain. It's great. Yes, so it's, it's actually... A troop of monkeys. Yeah, there's uh, there's just one whole circus worth of macaws uh, stuffed into uh, each of these is torpedoes. It, is it a Congress of baboons? I forget. A uh, Congress is owls. No, that's congress Parliament. Parliament. Huh. It might be a Congress. Who knows? It, it's Who a knows? whole pile of baboons. Moving yes. on. It's <laughs> <laughs> the other one is a Life Eater Beta Strain. These torpedoes cause damage normally, uh, but will also cause a critical hit on any roll of four up. Any critical results of 1, or sorry, 11 or 12 must be re-rolled, but the second result stands, even if it is an 11 or 12. So if you've played with the Endurance, or if you've read uh, Path to Heaven, you'll recognize these uh, Life Eater space munitions as ones that corrode metal and eat away at adamantium. And the ship basically just dissolves until it's space goo. Mm-hmm literally reduced to its component atoms <laughs> yeah it's not great uh-huh. um and it, it'll cause you to have a real bad day even if you're technically less likely to get uh bulkhead collapse or something like that because you got to re-roll mm-hmm. it you're causing critical hits on four ups and that's that's never to be scorned never yes. to be scorned and as a small uh preview certain dark mechanicum torpedoes you might say make it more likely to get bulkhead collapse but we'll get to that i guess on a later episode since boy are we running short today right we're just packed in with goodness mm-hmm. also we have to make season two last so this is for you readers this for is for you listeners nobody's reading this uh okay fair fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um they also have three upgrades uh available to them from the lore of mars which again a lot of collated um upgrades but auto simulacra is the first one if you've played iron hands or um or 28 millimeter you know tabletop horus heresy then you'll you'll recognize auto simulacra any mechanicum grand cruiser or battleship may incorporate a blessed auto simulacra into their vessels for 25 points or 30 points respectively so 25 points for a grand cruiser 30 points for a battleship an auto simulacra adds a single extra die to the number rolled during the in-phase repair attempts, so you're getting another one on top of that default plus one, so you're getting plus two. And that's cumulative with any other bonuses. In addition, an auto simulacra allows Mechanicum vessels to repair a quote-unquote unrepairable critical hit, such as smashed bridge or shield collapse, and or restore hull points up to a maximum of two in a single turn per two successes. So you're rolling your... Um, you're rolling your repair die you get two sixes right so you could repair a fire if you wanted to or you could use those two repairs to rebuild your bridge or reignite your shields Uh, something important Mm -hmm. right and that is Uh, hugely hugely impressive yeah only the fist of iron gets to do that yeah because most of the time right like my my cruiser could be completely fine right take one point of damage and if that damage is shield collapse like, I'm out of there next turn, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's just going to get beat to hell. Um, Mechanicum ships can hang out, and it can make them disgustingly resilient because you just you roll enough sixes, man. You can start repairing hull points and uncrippling yourself. It, there's a ton of stuff 
Uh, yep. Well worth the point. Mm-hmm. Now, it does bear noting that um, only the Grand Cruiser or the battleship, so basically the flagship, is going to be able to do it. And it's very rare, very, very rare to see more than two of those in a single fleet in any game. Yes, yes, that is true. So it'll make the big girls harder to take out. Um, but you know what? You start piling in all these fun bonuses to the Mechanicum, and suddenly the other guy has a extra grand cruiser on you, right? Like, the stuff adds up. Yep, yep. Now, it bears noting that um, even though you can get extra hull points through refits, um, going up to 10 hull points on a light cruiser or a cruiser does not make it a grand cruiser, right? Um, just like getting up to 12 on a grand cruiser doesn't make it a battleship. It so. does put you on a 60 mil base, though. That's true. Big, mm. big, big ships. Your your light cruiser suddenly on a 60 <laughs> mil. It's got too big an energy signature, man. It's not great. I'm helping. Yeah. Uh, another thing that you can buy if you want to pretend to be space marines is cyborg armsmen. Uh, and you can ignore all that stuff we said about there not being a lot of people on Mechanicum ships. Uh, any Mechanicum capital ship may purchase a Skitari reserve for plus 10 points and gain plus one to boarding and negative one to any hit and run attacks made against these vessels. It's essentially a defensive buff, right? Like you're mm-hmm. space Marines, but only when people are attacking you. Yep. Of course, remember that doesn't cancel out that reroll. Correct. Yes. It just makes it actually, it might make it more likely that they're going to use it. So at your discretion, <laughs> yeah. uh, A single Grand Cruiser or Battleship may, instead of, or in addition to, Skitari, pay 20 points for maniples of Cybernetic Void Aegis Automata uh, and receive a plus two, negative one, to boarding boarding and hit and run attacks. No, a Um, plus two to boarding, a minus one to hit and run. Correct. Cumulative with any other bonuses. Um, So they're not quite Terminators, but they wish they could be. Uh, Ironically... Uh, what are they called? Uh, Castellacs are still way better than Terminators on the ground, but not in space. Well, Deal with you it. know, this is two Castellacs, right? It's not fifty space. It's not fifty guys in Terminator armor. Yeah, that, that's you know. how you should look at it, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's then just the last... one giant robot with a Mueller bolt gun standing in a corridor, <laughs> hosing it down with fire, waiting, replacing uh, the air with bullets. <laughs> yep. And the last thing is an auxiliary bridge, which is just what it sounds like. A uh, mechanic cruiser battleship can get it for 30 points. And if you have an auxiliary bridge, you ignore the first bridge smash critical damage. Um, although if it, if you do have the misfortune for it to happen to you twice, it counts. Yeah, um, you're just out of luck then. They smashed your bridge. They smashed your auxiliary bridge. You should maybe go home. Yeah, you probably don't have a tertiary bridge. Yeah. Um, and for 30 points, I know that sounds kind of expensive, but again, losing a bridge, especially early on, is one of those things that generally has my ships just noping out of the battle space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although it, it does make, it makes it even harder to nope out of the battle space, too. I was, because I was about it, to say. Yeah. It, <laughs> it reduces your hard. leadership. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bad time. Bad time. And it can't be repaired. So, life is hard. When you are separated from your giant flying space cathedral and drift off into space forever, a monument to your own failure. It's true. Um, 
And I think that's where we're going to call it because we're we're right up at an hour. We got a couple of minutes left, but not enough to get too deep into anything else. But next time, oh, next time, dear listeners, we'll get into the the truly new stuff because I think most of what we've talked about. Um, if you've been wanting to play Mechanicum and you've been using our beta rules, uh, these have all been in there. But next time is when, yeah. to to quote a great man, this is where the fun begins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. That's good. Yeah, That's it's really a good. space reference. Yay. It's, it's funny because it's a game that happens in space. He's in a spaceship when he says that. Yes, yes. God Thank you. So. Yoda. Right? That was Yoda that said that, right? Uh, who knows? It was the prequels. I don't pay much attention. Oh, well. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Uh, like Austin said, that's all for this episode. Um, tune in next time where we will watch the vicious man-eating chicken. It's in space. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you lost uh, But until then... Eh, that's, I wasn't sure where I was going other than to space. But until next time, as always, good hunting. Man, my head is swollen from all the praise Austin and Steven uh, gave to me. But honestly, they are the uh, <laughs> they're the masterminds. They are the lore hounds. They just keep writing and writing. I just make it look pretty. But thanks again to you all for listening to another episode of Lost Transmissions, part of the Remembrancers Retreat a Warhammer 30k Horus Heresy and Specialist Games podcast series. Once again, my name is Jesse, and if you like the show, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And also be sure to leave a uh, leave a review. You can also join our Discord server with the link in the show notes. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K Podcast. Follow our Instagram at RR30K. And if you really enjoy our program, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash rr30k podcast. And right now, we'd like to thank all of our patrons, starting with our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Chaplanisar, Chris Mack, Garner.Tree of Woe, Joe from Music City Heresy, Luke Rizzuto, Matthew Boyce, Mr. Baldwick, Nicholas Quanga, Sar Luther, Taco Tuesday or Bus 22 Rock and Roll McDonald's, and What's Ligma? Our Legion Centurions, Aaron Maynard, Andrew N., Angry Boy, Dave Jones, Duncan, Ed, John Christensen, M. Tanzer, Gorkrow, Queen Corswain, Scott LeMay, and the original Applesauce. And finally, our Legion Sergeants, Agrippina, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, Jay DeSales, Mr. Sear, Nick Gillen, The Zoy, and what do I call myself? Once again, thank you all so much for your support. And if you'd like to become a patron, go over to patreon.com forward slash rr30kpodcast. And until next time, keep those dice rolling. Bye for now.